welcome to another episode of DSC's Charity Questions podcast, where we ask people in the charity sector the questions you want to know. And, and today we've got a really exciting topic. I'm here with my colleague in the training team, Eileen Brown, to talk about well-being and, and well-being in the charity sector, whether that's for us as individuals or for organisations or maybe the future of well-being involved in hybrid working, flexible working, whatever we want to call it. So welcome, Eileen, to the podcast. And please just introduce yourself to the listeners so they know a little bit more about you. Thank you very much, George. Hello, everyone. My name is Eileen, as George said, Eileen Brown. I'm one of the trainer consultants at DSC, the Director of Social Change. I feel it's a real privilege to be part of this team and working with people like George. So um, as part of many of the courses that I deliver, well-being is will be an element and usually for in-house courses that's where we train specific organizations or teams within organizations they ask us to include an element of well-being just recognizing the importance it now plays especially um, as the way that we work has changed over the last couple of years so I'm looking forward to answering these questions and hopefully I can share some tips I'm not a practitioner I'm just a trainer so I'll be sharing what I know and what I know will work or does work yeah Absolutely. Thanks, George. Yeah. And sometimes that's what it's about, isn't it? Just sharing what works for us and, and seeing what sticks with people. So yeah. I think we're going to go straight into the deep end with a really tough one here, Eileen. This is a difficult question <laughs> from one of our colleagues, Kathy. Um, if we were to describe ourselves as feeling well in work, what might we say? What could that look like? What could that feel like? What do you think well-being looks like in work? That's a really interesting question because when I started um, training, I thought, right, what's the definition? I always look for what does that word actually mean? And I use the state of being comfortable, healthy and or mm. happy. But there are other definitions, the aspiration to live well. I really love that one as well. But I think it's really important to recognise that feeling well will look and feel different to all of us as individuals. So there's no one way of feeling well and, and sounding well. What's really important is that we all take time to recognise when we are feeling well. Absolutely. Why is that? Mm. What happened? How did we respond to something? And that's mentally and emotionally, but also physically. So in terms of our mental wellness, um, being open, being clear, being in a really good mood, what's caused that? So for me, laughter is what is what links to my good news. Making news. you laugh saying Again, that. <laughs> yeah, just, just having a laugh. And we do that in our working lives here at DSC. There's always someone who's cracking a joke and that sort of lifts the mood, even if you're not feeling particularly great that day. So I think mm. what's really important, what does well-being sound and look like for us as individuals? And when we know that, we can do more of that type of stuff to help us lift ourselves especially if we're not having a particularly good time or a good day love that one and i love the laughter example there being in to use that humor in work if possible yeah. of course so what about any other practical acts maybe we could do to either help our colleagues or ourselves in work yeah. i think from a workplace point of view the first thing that will really help us is to have absolute clarity about what it is we're supposed to be doing I think a lot of the problems that I've come across in my training sessions is where people aren't sure what's expected of them what are they supposed to be producing mm. what does success look and feel like and I always say to them if you don't have that clarity it's not actually your fault the person who introduced you or brought you into the role it's their responsibility to make sure you have all of that information 
But what we need to do then, if we don't have that, is to ask. Mm. Where there is confusion, there's going to be anxiety, that's going to be stress, and all of the negative things could that could happen to us as a result. So the first thing I would say is be clear. Ask if you're not, why are you in your role? What does success look like so that you can make sure you're on that path? Even those days where it feels overwhelming or you don't feel you're coping, just go back to your purpose, why you're there, what difference your job is going to make. But that needs to be clear. And I have it sort of written down and I have our purpose and our goals and our values right in front of me so I can reach for it as and when I need it. So once we have that clarity, thank you, George, once we have that clarity, then it's about maintaining ourselves in order to produce the results that we're here to produce. Mm -hmm. So things like having regular breaks, especially if we're working remotely, you know, we're so hard on ourselves in this sector. I've got to keep going. I've got to push through. So many people are relying on me. They're relying on you to be healthy and happy so that you can help them. So sometimes we just need to sort of stop and say, what do I need? so that I can help my colleagues and be there for our beneficiaries. So things like just taking regular breaks. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. I reward myself when I've completed a particular piece of work with chocolates. Love I've got that. a tin here that I've got chocolate eclairs in at the moment. And when I've done it, I get one of these. <laughs> and nice. it cheers me up no end. So, um, you know, just finding ways to get the work done, but to think mm. about yourself through the day. So exercise and I might just go and walk up and down stairs yeah if you can schedule in time to have a walk outside even better if not just opening a window taking a gulp of fresh air every so often will make a world of difference again especially if you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed love that don't just push on stop for a little bit refocus reflect and then start again and breathe I got this from George and constant reminders the importance of the breath and that five second intake of breath and five second release of the breath and as George said it's the release of the breath that we're sort of allowing some of those that tension and um, negative feelings to leave us so I would recommend doing that and I have started doing that again George since you mentioned it the the other day so just um some of those things so connect with other people interact and have just having those relationships sustains us as well be active as i say just be aware of what's going on around you so you don't feel isolated you feel part of um the growth and the development and the delivery of success keep learning just have that open mind and when we pick up something new like the breath Mm. it changes us you know it Mm. invigorates us and gives us energy and find a way to support and help other people. That's such a, a, a you know an important thing for us as humans is to help other people. So there's just some of the things you might want to just think about where maybe some of those gaps are that you can sort of build build in. I'm loving that. So we started off talking about targets, expectations, having a framework to work in. I mean, maybe we talk about being delegated to, not just being told what to do, but here's yes. the outcome. Go yeah. and do it. We know this boosts creativity. We know this empowers people. I love that one. And we're no longer just ruling with an iron fist by attendance or anything like that, are we? It's about bringing people on the journey with us. And then, of course, we got into a little bit about ourselves then and and breath work and potentially opening our our windows to the outside and movement. And I think if you were to speak to your organization, they would probably encourage you to go and use work time to go for a walk. And I know there's many organizations that do that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the um, really positive things about DSC. We get those 
um, times within DSC working time. Okay. We get the opportunity to connect socially within DS, DSC time. So, you know, that, again, is a great encouragement to do it. Cool. I love that. So we're looking at organisational development a little bit, but also a little bit about looking after ourselves. And in yeah. terms of any more practical steps, what do you think is, is maybe an obvious one people miss? That's quite a tough question because it's different for everybody. But in your experience, is there one or two things that maybe stand out as people maybe forget to look after themselves? I think the things that um, I've talked about and those five aspects, connect, be active, keep learning, give. Um, I, I think nice. another thing is just, and, and I got this from um, part of this from yourself, one of the things that we forget to do is to switch off you know again we're so we're so mindful of of our role being so important and people relying on us but that's part of our well-being and mm. remembering to switch off so not just have breaks through the day but what do you do at the end of the day that says I'm moving from my workplace now to my home place especially if we are working in our home spaces so is it just taking off your name badge I had someone on my time management course used to literally leave the house walk to the end of her path turn around walk back up put the key in the door and say to herself I'm home Perfect. and that's what she did yeah. to um, make the break between work and home so what can you do where do you work in your home space? Can you make sure that that's where you work and you don't spread your work around the rest of the house? So home feels like home and work mm. feels like work. Just a couple of um, really important things. And also we talk about work-life blend in DSC. We sort of moved away from work-life ba work balance, if that was ever possible anyway. Yeah, yeah. If we are working remotely, you know, if the doorbell goes and you know it's your, you know, the next thing you've all ordered from Amazon, <laughs> you're excited. It gives you a bit of energy. Yeah. If you're not in a meeting or you haven't got any calls to make, go and answer the door. Mm. If you've got time, open the package, get that mm. sense of joy and happiness and then go back to work. For me, I like to put the washing on first thing in the morning, but then through the day, I'll go and put the washing out. I don't want to be stressing about how much ironing I'm going to have to do because the washing is sitting in the bottom of the machine. It, it, you know, it just gives us that break away from the screen, but yeah. it means we're yeah. keeping on top of our home lives through the day. So by the time we finish, we're less stressed. Maybe you've started dinner already. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. What we just need to guard against is being allowing ourselves to be distracted. So instead of spending 10, 15 minutes, we spent an hour. So we just Absolutely. need to be very mindful of that, but not stress ourselves to say nine o'clock, open the laptop, mm -hmm. 530, close the laptop. The reality is life is going to interject and sometimes we just need to deal with it so that we feel calmer, more um, in control so that we can deliver what's required Absolutely. of us. And in the same way, you might look after what's going on in your home during that time of working hours. You're probably going to have some really good ideas for what you can contribute to work outside of that time as well. And, and so it does all kind of come back around on itself. Doesn't it? The creativity comes from the break, Absolutely. not when we're trying to work. It comes from the break from the work. That's when our brains get the opportunity to sort of open up a bit. You're exactly right, George. So I'm on my honeymoon next week and I have my yes. phone and I have a little in-tray on my phone. So if I have any ideas for courses or anything to do with DSC, it just gets written in there. Don't think <laughs> about it again. And when I come back to DSC, I can look at that. Yeah, so yeah. that blend there, isn't it? I love it. And that's really important, a point that you've just made there, um, George, about stress. And again, just listening to you, to you sometimes. Stress is when we've got everything up here. Mm. Um, and sometimes stress 
the release of stress is just to write it down, get it out of your brain, written down. Don't worry about it for now. It's there. I'll get back to it. Um, so it's another really good point I, I, I took from my colleague, George. Yeah, so when we are stressed, sometimes we need to stop and say, right, what is stressing me out? It's because I've got A, B, C, D, E, F to do. Write them down. Yeah. Work out when you're going to do them. The stress mitigates straight away. You've got a plan now. Absolutely. Thanks, and we, we know that poor productivity is now linked directly to poor mental health as, as well. Yes. So when we can, as managers or individuals, if any of the listeners out there are working in teams or working as a manager in teams, we know that that responsibility to help people be more productive is going to make mm. them happier. Um, yes. I must say, I didn't create the whole stress idea um, <laughs> being written down. I stole that from a, another expert, David Allen, in the book, Getting Things Done. And if yeah. you're listening to this now, thinking I could do with a kick to my productivity, Getting Things Done by David Alan is was inspirational for me it's a bit of a lifestyle style change yes. there yeah so we love that at TSC we talk about that on a lot of our courses as well yeah. so thinking Absolutely. about our colleagues then a little bit more Eileen um if you're if you're on a call maybe and you maybe see some behavior or something that maybe shows that a colleague might be struggling with their well-being their mental health their physical health would you step in and if you did what could you do to help there Eileen I think I, I would step in. I think it's important, first of all, to recognise that there might be an issue. Um, and the way that we do that is, what are our colleagues usually like? What is their performance usually like? And if we see a pattern um, that is moving away from the usual, that's when I would think something's not right. Mm. Um, so I would personally ask I would ask yeah. the question um, and I would do that verbally. I wouldn't send them an email or a team's message, nice. but you know, I would ask if there's anything happening that I could help with. And I think that's the key thing. So they might just want to talk. Is there anything happening that you want to talk about? Is there anything you think I can do? If you're going to ask that question, you have to be sure that if they give you an answer, if you can't sincerely say, yes, I can do that, please make that absolutely clear. Because mm. if they're reaching out for help and you say, no problem, I can do that, but you can't, you may be exacerbating the situation. Absolutely. So offer help. Um, if you don't feel you can deliver that, just be open and honest, but maybe just give them some suggestions as to who they might speak to, manager, mental health first aiders, if you have them. I would always want to be um part of that support network mm. and part of that support um but i would speak to them first before i spoke to anybody else i wouldn't see it as my responsibility to tell the manager that somebody was having issues but i would definitely step in to see if there's anything i could do to help maybe just listen nice yeah, Years ago, exactly. I worked for the post office. I think I've shared this story before. Yeah. And I had a sales team, you know, targets of millions. It was huge. Mm. And I used to say to them, on those days where you really just needed to scream, phone me up, just say your name clearly, and then scream down the phone. And if that's all you needed to do to feel better, that's absolutely fine. That was my role as the manager. So, yeah. Make yourself available, but be honest about what you can do to help them. I'm a big fan of raw therapy. <laughs> My pillows have experienced some raw therapy in their time. <laughs> yeah, nice. it's really important. And, uh, and knowing when your colleagues know that you're there and you've offered mm. your help, you know, just it's that connection again. And it's really, really important. Absolutely. You'll be judged on the questions you ask more than what you tell them as well. Don't forget. 
It yes. was about the open questions, the probing questions. It's not like you. Are you okay? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so let's say um, we're maybe in an organisation there where there isn't such a focus on this, whether it's in the charity sector or beyond. Maybe there's no one-to-ones, no appraisal system, mm-hmm. no time with your manager, no opportunity to have that feedback space. Um, so if you're sat there in an organisation like that, but you want this, what might you say to the leaders um, to try and show the value of this and try and convince them that actually we want to be in this new culture, this new working world? I think the way sometimes that we can show values, first of all, have the conversation, be open to the conversation Mm. and ask the questions. But sometimes I think the way that we show value is to ask what could happen, what could the consequences be if we did nothing or if we took away what support there was and just think about that um so people not getting the support they need what would happen so i always push to the end what would happen if people don't get the support that they need Mm. they might crash yeah how would that affect them as human beings the people they love and care for them how would that affect the team how would it affect the organization and therefore the beneficiary if people leave yeah. How does that affect our ability to get the work done to, again, Absolutely. provide the support? And the, think of the money, time, energy, emotion that needs to be invested in fixing the problems mm. of not having that support as part of the strategic plan, as, as part of the everyday. Um, so sometimes looking at the value is what would happen if we didn't have it? So Love that's that. the sort of conversation I I would have. Not everybody might. may not be as upfront as I would feel I could be so it might be just having that conversation with your peers first of all Mm. see how everybody else feels raise it in your one-to-ones raise it in your appraisals or in the team meetings and you know as a manager uh, as managing teams before my responsibility is to provide support and help and ask what can I do for you and if I had my team come to me and say we don't feel supported we don't feel this is in place I would feel duty bound to do something about it so I think that's the first thing open open conversation ask lots of questions but Mm. point out the value by the consequences of not having that support definitely and and maybe you might even consider looking at a staff forum something like that something we have at DSC yes absolutely yeah and this is the you know how leadership leads by example is really really important when it comes to well-being so being open and giving opportunities for staff to have things like staff forum Mm. staff forum is where we get to talk about the things that we think are working well things where we feel there are gaps um and then those suggestions our thoughts and our feelings our insights are taken back to our ceo who will then respond um, either to introduce or to say why it can't be and you know some fantastic ideas have come from staff forum but also the opportunity for working groups you know it's just leadership being open to opportunities for us all to be involved if we want to so how can we progress this how can we make well-being better how can we make it work for everybody and people from all um parts of the organization be involved in in that opportunity that all comes from leadership and of course leading by example taking their holidays when holidays are are booked you know not working through the night that sort of thing but yeah so guidance and the direction Mm. from our leadership teams needs to include well-being it's got to be you know front and center of everything that's planned for now and for the future absolutely 
definitely i love you said leading by example i mean i've worked places where it's almost chicken at the end of the day to see who leaves before the ceo but ultimately that's not the right culture we want no. to be looking after isn't it It doesn't support productivity either that's so right we're all on the journey aren't we um, absolutely so let's think about some maybe of your favorite initiatives you've seen outside of dsc then eileen now and, and maybe you've mentioned it already on this uh, session but uh, yeah what's your favorite well-being initiative you've seen um, well, I had someone on one of my courses, they have Wellbeing Wednesdays, mm. and I thought that was a fantastic idea. So once a week, and it was usually from about 11 o'clock on a Wednesday, no more work is done. The whole mm. focus is on the social aspect and the individuals. So they have group work, they have advice sessions, yeah. they did quizzes. And one of the things that I really liked was once a month or so, the Wellbeing Wednesday was about clearing the desks, tidying yeah. up, tidying up the workspace, whether in the office or at home, just to clear and open up the space so that people felt that they had more space. And that creates space up here as well. So I thought that was absolutely brilliant and just having time for them. And again, it was in the work day, which is another great mm. thing that DSC does, as I say, um, and to celebrate the wins. So um, at DSC, we have check-in every morning. It's yeah. five or 10 minutes. That's about well-being. Is everybody who's supposed to be here, here? And yeah. managers might be asked just to check. If we don't know why someone's not there, the manager will be asked to just, just check that they're okay. Absolutely. That's the key thing. That and then in care, the, though, absolutely, absolutely a duty of care. And then in the afternoons, we check out as a team. And again, we, you know, sometimes we get into the um you know the work aspects of the day yeah. but generally it's how did your training session go did you get yeah. any sort of immediate feedback yeah. how are you feeling about this what's coming up that might be a challenge so that's where we um communicate as a team and again it's that connection it's the giving bit that i spoke about before um I spent that's one of the weeks because i spent the last two weeks just showing wedding photos pretty yeah. much actually <laughs> <laughs> absolutely but you know but that lifted us all because you know it was such a joyous occasion for George and he came back and he was you know he's still a little bit high from it I might say but <laughs> that's you know that's a fantastic thing but that's about George as a person not as a producer of results mm. and that's what we need to make sure that we maintain love that I just think just want to reiterate a couple of things that you said before you mentioned star forum and, and working groups on the star forum we would love to help anybody if you're sat there thinking I would I like this idea. Please reach out to us through the podcast. Uh, we have a colleague, Dean, who uh, has, has helpfully run our staff forum for a, a long time now. And we've had organizations join just from a, like a perspective of having a look at how we do it. So yes, if you're interested in staff forum, please do reach out to me, Eileen, or my colleague, Dean, or just reach out to us through the podcast yeah. um, and on the working groups as well. I'm in a working group for a podcast. I'm, DSC does not pay me to host the Charity Questions podcast. It's something I do because I've got clear targets and clear expectations that I'm meeting. And because I'm meeting them, it allows me to work in this working group. I'm also in the staff forum working group and the wellbeing working group. And we're meeting today, actually, the wellbeing team. And, That's and right. when we empower people, we say, look, these are your clear targets. Crack on. And, and this is what we want to see. And it, I'm here to help you if you need anything. Yeah. This is what we start to see more creativity, more empowered staff. Love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, another thing that our CEO, Deborah Cock-Tyler, has um, encouraged are Zoom coffee breaks. 
I want you to chit chat. That's what she said. (laughs) Because when we were in the office, that's what we did. We didn't work flat out from nine to half five. We met people at the photocopier and at the, you know, the tea urn. And we chatted about what films we saw or the football scores. That's about well-being, even if Mm -hmm. we didn't recognise it. That's about the social connections. And they're so important. So Zoom coffee breaks where you might um, just set up a Zoom room for 10, 15 minutes with someone you may have met regularly in the office, but you hardly see them now. Yeah. And just talk about anything other than work. And the other thing that um, I'm happy to share that DSC does is, you know, just making you feel part of the the team. So we mm. welcome people. You know, we welcome people. The CEO is involved in that. If she's not inv- available, it will be one of the directors. Yeah. We make a point of welcoming people so they feel part of the, the family straight away. We celebrate birthdays. We sing awfully. We do but we celebrate people, people's birthdays because, again, it's about making people feel good and recognising them as, you know, as, as um, human beings. And we celebrate when people leave because that's a success for DSC. That's how we see it. Um, and so it's all about how we make people feel. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really key to well-being. And a really important point that one of my our colleague, Cathy, um, made in terms of looking after ourselves so that we can help others she gives the analogy of being on a plane where you have to put your own air mask on first Absolutely. so we need to sustain find ways to sustain ourselves and others yeah. be- before we can you know really sincerely help them I think that's a key point isn't it and also there's so many elements of working in a charity that provide additional responsibility because you're representing mm. the wider charity sector yes. as well we're not pushing profit yes we want to look for our charitable objects primarily but yeah. if we're not looking after ourselves and even if that means we're delivering services effectively for maybe young children or cancer patients or all of those yes. specific yes. topics that we work in if we're not looking after ourselves or there's a mental health charity that we're creating an additional beneficiary for there isn't it like mind and and we are that beneficiary so you're absolutely yes. right yeah can we put ourselves in a position to be well before we then become well enough to help others as well. Absolutely. I love that. And you mentioned Deborah as well. I think that's come up before uh, uh, about uh, the welcoming people to DSC. And, uh, and just to add to that, she also links it directly to the cause. And so we're kind of a step away. And uh, so we, our motto is helping you to help others. And she does a really good job, for example, if someone's in marketing saying, well, that newsletter that may be able to give someone access to one of our books, then might mean they get that funding bid accepted that gets them a wheelchair or whatever it might be. Absolutely, It's, it's really lovely to link that as well. Yeah. So powerful. So, so you, powerful. you know why you were chosen yeah. and the impact the bit of work that you do, the impact that that's going to have and not had that in any other organisation. It's really powerful. Yeah, it's been a nice reminder for me every time we attend those parties as well, actually, just to be like, crikey, yeah, we are in the thick of it, aren't we? Because sometimes yeah. we can feel a step away. Lovely. Absolutely. So I think we'll just um, summarise, maybe in this hybrid world, there's a lot of us who are digital only. I mean, I don't remember the last time me and you actually met face to face, a couple <laughs> of years true. ago now, um, although we see each other every day. So in terms of digital tools that can be used to support staff wellbeing, are there any tools you recommend to people out there? Yeah, I think, again, from a leadership point of view, just making it possible for um, people to give their views, their insights, share their successes, what works for them. And so just having regular uh, connection, staff surveys, for instance, yeah. um, people being able to give their views and their insights um, anonymously 
So also share any challenges or things that they don't feel are working very well. Um, But then knowing that that's going to be responded to. Somebody is looking at that and something will happen as a result or the communication will be there as to why and the wherefore. And, And again, I think with us working remotely, what's become even more important is the regular and consistent communication. Nice. The things we may have taken for granted for um, before because we were in the office, you know, everybody knows, everybody's heard. That may not be the case. And so um, another element of our work, and again, it comes from our leadership, is building in not just well-being into our plans, but communication within the plans. When people aren't sure about what's happening, they'll fill the gap with, usually something negative how's it going to affect me Mm. my job might be going I have lots of customers lots of delegates who are going through restructure and you know potentially their jobs might be changing and might be going the challenge that affects the well-being is when they don't know Mm. so even if it's not good news knowing that means people can start to make decisions for themselves and for their families so I think that consistency of the message so not just what the change might be or what is happening but why what is the rationale so even if people don't feel that they can totally agree with it they can at least align themselves with the direction the organization might be having to go in so I think making sure there is regular communication to individuals to teams to the organization as a whole and everybody gets that communication at the same time so if you are hybrid people in the office don't get it necessarily before people who are remote yeah yeah finding a way to connect everybody online even if they're sitting at their desk so everybody gets the information at the same time. Powerful. Just making sure that there are resources that people can dip into. So one of the things um, DSC has set up and other organizations have done this is a an office, a virtual office. So you might just join them the office. You may just say good morning to anybody or everybody in teams, in there, yeah. but then you just get on with your own work. In Microsoft so Teams, just, yeah. Yeah, absolutely soft teams. You might just look up and say, oh, well, George is in the office today, even though he's, you know, miles away in his own home. But again, just helping people to feel connected. Yeah, that, that's really that's really important. I find that um, I like it for accountability as well. Actually, I do it for deep work. If I'm working like, like 10 to 11 on a report, I'm going to jump yeah. in that room and maybe I'll have a chit chat. But probably I'll also be more present, actually, and yeah. and feel connected just because of that accountability of being in a, in a digital space with others. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And again, um, just the opportunity for people to have social conversation. So we have, um, I mentioned our check-in and check-outs. On a Wednesday, we have team brief, and that's where we get information that may have come from the leadership team meeting or a board meeting. But scheduled as part of that meeting is downtime for us Mm. to break into small groups to have that social chat we might sometimes sort of mention work but the idea is that we talk and have that social chat about the football the films that that sort of thing and again it's it's almost it's mandatory because dsc recognizes how important it is so it's part of team brief we're not expected to organize that for ourselves dsc have organized it for us to make sure at least that one time in the week 
we get the opportunity just to connect as as humans. Absolutely. So I think that's that's really um, important. Encouraging people to use their calendars to schedule mm. downtime. Mm-hmm. So not running from meeting to meeting, especially as we're now having meetings in these little boxes. Yeah. Making sure that you give yourself time for reflection and downtime, you know, between meetings and things like that. So we both yeah, talk about the calendar a lot do. don't we yeah, yeah i mean if you're sat listening to this right now and your lunch isn't in your calendar it needs to be maybe there's some things about do you have time in your calendar to do your emails we all do emails every day do you know how long it takes you to do yours things like this be productive put in downtime after a meeting i know that yes. i'm gonna have to reflect on this podcast afterwards there's half an hour of time afterwards to reflect on it and send the files off to be processed by the master Jose, who is who will be editing this. Um, that's it. Absolutely. Proactive with our time. Don't react to problems if we can. Absolutely. And starting the day by completing a task rather than being sucked in by our emails. You know, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Just that high that you get from, right, I've done that bit. So you start that the day with a sense of achievement. Just think about the impact that has on your psyche for the rest of the day. Eat that frog, um, is what it's called. That's a great, another great book there. If anybody wants to Google that, absolutely, absolutely. I often, uh, you know, admit and confess to being the world's best procrastinator. I used to be, I used to be the world's best. But there are things that we can do, tools we can use to move ourselves away from that and just release the stress. As I say, that's all about well-being as well. Um, and that's just about breaking down these scary tasks into smaller, manageable, winnable, achievable tasks that yeah. we get that regular sense of achievement. Tick, I've done that bit. Tick, I'm making progress. Tick, I'm getting through this. That's about our well-being and feeling that. in control and on top of what we have to deliver. Well, every day won't be like that because we operate in the real world. Mm. But there are tools that we can introduce for ourselves so that we get that regular sense of achievement. And what that does for us as humans is just immeasurable. I love where you've taken us, Eileen. I think it, we came into this for just the well-being space, and I thought we might talk a lot about being outside and breath and, and being present. Um, but actually, there's a whole productivity angle. I think you've spoken about so yeah. well. Targets, expectations, having those clear using our calendar proactively putting what's really important potentially ahead of our email check in the morning absolutely all of those little things are there anything is there anything else you want to share Eileen while we've got the listeners here today um just find what works for you Mm. that's the key thing and I know we're all busy and I know there doesn't always seem like we have a lot of time but it's time well spent so again when you're feeling great why is that what can you do more of to mm-hmm. see that you have that that feeling last longer, you get it more often? The same as, you know, when we're not feeling so great and maybe there's, you know, our mood has changed or, you know, um, our issues are coming out in or uh, on our body. What's happened? What changed? Because those are the things we need to we need to um, work with. What triggers the symptoms? Nice. what happened and if we can spend a bit of time thinking about that it means that we can do different next time cool and Love reduce that. the likelihood of that happening again that's all yeah. i would say build take time awareness. to reflect yeah. absolutely build that awareness everybody yeah amazing so thank you so much eileen um so just to let people know how they can get a hold of you e brown and that's brown with an e on the end at dsc.org.uk any Absolutely. socials you want to share of anybody you tweet i am on linkedin but yeah. i do prefer people email me because that's where i'll go to first um 
or you Love can it. contact me by Teams. But yeah, email me first if that's probably the best way. Nice. That was Eileen, and that's Eileen Brown with an E on the end, ebrown at dsc.org.uk. Thank you so much for joining us today, Eileen, and taking us on, on a, your little story through wellbeing. And I, I know our listeners are going to appreciate this reminder to be present with ourselves and also to be more productive in work as well, if possible. Thank you, George. Thank you for inviting me to be um, on your podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for watching Charity Questions by the Directory of Social Change. So this is the podcast where we bring charity experts to you and we ask them the questions that you provide us via social media. So if you want to get involved, please check out the Directory of Social Change on Instagram, Twitter or LinkedIn. And of course, to hear more about this content and to learn more about Charity Questions, subscribe to our YouTube channel now and of course, like this video to let us know if you enjoyed it. Thank you very much for watching. Cheers.